the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Voice123, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The Video Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 86 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Today, we've got Texas voice talent and former radio personality, Greg Jake Gibbons. But before that, it's time for our... VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter reference levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. All right, so, Sean, what's happening excitingly? Is, is that a word? Is that an adverb? What's, what's exciting in your <laughs> VO world? Lots of stuff. Um, well, I talked about it a little bit last time, but um, I'm in the process of moving. I've uh, been going up and down Washington State between my old place, my fiance's place, and the new place, and then just trying to declutter and give away and sell a bunch of stuff. And um, it's just been nice. I forgot how mobile I used to be as part of my VO career. I used to travel around Japan a lot with like mobile setups and stuff like that. It's been fun. Yeah, you were really mobile. I mean, different continent. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, stayed more static once I got there, but um, but yeah, it's been great. And then uh, I think I mentioned last time, too, been trying to work on my health and my physique a lot uh, between working with a personal trainer and a chiropractor and a physical therapist team. And that has probably been the best, aside from performance coaching, investment I have ever made in myself because I have so much more energy. I am practically pain-free and... Like, now that my jaw and neck are in much better alignment, all the voices that I used to do when I was a kid and in my teens, I can do again. It's like, it's just amazing. I thought it was something that I had lost, but they were all there. They just needed a, like, we needed to realign the chakra, as it were. <laughs> wow, I would have never have thought of that. I have a similar issue where I just assumed I'm old, but you don't have as much range. Me or vocal too. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's the case for me too. No, honestly, if, if people can afford it and they have the time to put the effort in, like, take care of your body. Like, especially if you're going to be an actor in any capacity. Like, because you need to control it and you need to be able to protect it from the vocally stressful stuff. Yeah, this will shock you, uh, I'm sure. But um, I have a friend who's a chiropractor. He's actually the team chiropractor for the NFL team in town, the Baltimore Ravens. So maybe I should go see him. Nice. Yeah, that's a great start. But, like, more VO specifically related... I've been traveling around. I've been using mobile setups like the Vomo. And friend of the show, Justin Brown, was kind enough to sell me his tri-booth. And George and Rick over at tri-booth or bookablevo.com were kind enough to give me a, uh, a processing stack for it. So thank you very much, Justin, for helping make that happen. So that's been nice. Um, been using that for some auditions. Did some really fun uh, character auditions through my agent. Did a fun audio drama recently. And the casting director actually referred me to another casting director. So really happy about that. 
But it's been it's been a good couple of weeks. What have you been up to, Paul? Well, since you started with a personal story, I'll start out with one too. Mine's not as exciting. It's actually pretty darn stupid. Um, got in a car accident yesterday. I was at the what? You lead with that? Yeah. <laughs> I was at the orthodontist of all places. Big day to get my son's braces off, and we're backing out, and I hear this sound like this, and I'm thinking, what was that? What just happened? Did you hear that? So I turn around to my son and ask him. And I turn around, there's a minivan parked like a couple feet away. And I realized what happened. I'd backed into it at like less than half a mile an hour. So I didn't even know there was a collision. Just backed into it. And then I stopped the car, got out. And it turns out it's my wife's best friend who lives down the street from us who I crashed into, which is even better. So we get, we were going to exchange information, but it was raining. And I said, can I just send it to you? Like, you know where I live? We're right up the street. <laughs> so I got home and sent her the the insurance information and we tr- and uh, she filed a claim but oh what a, what a day she was at the orthodontist for the same reason having her son's braces taken off so it should have been a great day for both kids instead I crash into her and um, ruin the day but all's well that ends well everyone's healthy no one was really that hurt because we were in a parking lot going less than two miles an hour and it'll all work out and um Hopefully she won't sue us. She's known my wife since they were five years old. We'll see. <laughs> well, sound, you're, you're pretty civil, and I'm sure you're helpful and tried to work things out. But also, maybe you should go to a chiropractor now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like I said, it was so so mild that I, I, I'm not going to do anything to my car. The, the bumper, the, the well, you know, it's a Nissan Versa. So the fascia came out a little bit. So I just kicked it back into place, and it was fine. <laughs> But no nice. other no other real damage at all. Cars You're fine. <laughs> Do you have the the sedan or the hatchback? Uh, I think it's the hatchback. It's the Note. Okay, yeah. So that's what I have too. So I don't know if you've had any incidents, but I've been in a few minor fender benders, and it's surprisingly strong. Like one time, I got sandwiched between two box trucks, like delivery vans, big Ford Econoline or mm-hmm. or Dodge Ram box trucks. I was at a red light, and the one person decided to go. Turn on red. So the person behind me decided he was going to go too, except I was still stopped. So the car behind me pushed me, the van pushed me into the van in front of me. Three car pileup. Again, no real damage to the Versa. All, there was two holes in the, the bumper from where the screws on the license plate from the van behind went through and punctured the plastic. But no frame damage. I did take it to the mechanic to get looked at. No frame damage, no other damage at all. It didn't even fix it. So the sucker is remarkably, remarkably strong for its size. That's good, because I get worried on the uh, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge on windy days. I feel like I'm just going to get blown over the side. Well, there is that. If you got swept into the, the sound or the water, you'd probably have some issues. But if you actually get hit, you're probably going to fare pretty well. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but on, on a happier note, there are some, some work-related things going on. So I just finished an audio book for Twin Flame Studios where I was recording an author. It's actually a repeat client, which is pretty cool. So uh, her name is Jennifer Brown, and her book is called How to Be an Inclusive Leader. It's all about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. She's a world-renowned speaker working with top 50, top 10 companies in the, in the world and has a TED, has been a TED, um, TED Talk speaker? TEDx. TEDx speaker on the topic. And she came back to us for a second edition of her book, and the audiobook is complete in the can. We will have it published soon, so look for that, How to Be an Inclusive Leader by Jennifer Brown. And uh, I just got hired by another university to do announcing. So... I don't know why he's so nice to me, but friend of the show, Bob Johnson, referred me to yet another institution in the state of Maryland. I'm now working for the U.S. Naval Academy as their volleyball announcer. So that makes four schools in the state of Maryland I'm now working for. Stevenson University, Towson University, 
the University of Maryland, and now the U.S. Naval Academy, all for doing their announcing at the stadiums and or arenas for sports. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, like, er, you work hard, you network well, like, I'm glad you're finding your niche. Yeah, it's something, you know, we talked about following the money, so to speak, or following the work, and that's definitely what I'm doing. It's not something I'm even pursuing. Honestly, it's all from Bob. The last, the last three jobs I've, I've got in this in in this niche are from Bob Johnson, who's referred me directly. So again, all the thanks and praise to Bob. I need to buy him a beer next time he's in town. I mean, honestly, all of, a lot of my more lucrative projects were from recommendations and referrals. Like I still work with some uh, narration clients for like six years now because of recommendations from people I met at conferences. Like, like you really can't. It's one of those intangible things where it's like, or you just have to keep planting seeds, you know, and just show that you're willing to put in the work. Yeah, and always be prepared because you'll never know, you never know where you might have somebody hear you or see you and want to hire you. Mm-hmm. For instance, this weekend, the opening tournament for the University of Maryland volleyball team is against Navy. So they wanted me to do a couple of games and they said, can you do the games? It's a tournament. So not every team plays each other all the time. So Maryland's the host, but they don't play till later. Mm-hmm. So the marketing director said, can you do the non-Maryland games? It's Navy versus, uh, I forget who the other team is right now. But I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm already the Navy announcer. They just hired me. So it should be easy. <laughs> should be easy to do Navy at an away arena and it'll it'll fit perfectly. So they, they would have heard me anyway and, and maybe even hired me then. But it, it's cool that it's already happened and you never know where more opportunities may come. It seems like work begets work more than, more often mm. than not. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I feel you on just kind of like paying attention to what sticks. Like I feel like I've been barking up the commercial tree for years now with little success and then I get more character projects my way and I'm just like, I get this. I understand. Like I analyze the character. I know like I have such stronger ideas and choices and I enjoy it more. Why have I not been pursuing this more avidly? So like experiment and try, like we were saying, see what sticks. But like once you notice that, get a little bit more hyper-focused. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of what sticks, uh, I'm going to be presenting for the third time now at the Vocation Conference in New York City on September 10th and 11th. My presentation is at 11.30 on Saturday. So if you have not registered yet, you can go to vocationconference.com, sign up, and you can see me and much more experienced and (laughs) worthy talent at the Vocation Conference in New York It's at the Symphony Center. It's on September 10th and 11th on Saturday and Sunday. Nice. Hey, don't don't undersell it. I mean, everyone I talk to who's seen one of your presentations like, oh, my God, he was so helpful and gave me so many ideas. So, I don't know, and they keep inviting you back. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I guess that is an indication that I'm back again. So this time my presentation is called Your Side Hustle Again. And Hmm. our our listeners will probably recognize the, the topic. It's basically talking about how... We spend all this time climbing that mountain to become a full-time voiceover actor. And then what? And what do you do to fill the gaps when there are no auditions and there are no jobs? And one of those things I found is to use those activities that you've built up or those skills you've built up while creating your voiceover career, like editing, uh, mastering, maybe podcasting, you know, in our case, mm-hmm. use those to get other work that's VO related, but may not actually be on the mic. So I don't want to give away too many secrets, but you and I have talked about it on this show, so our listeners probably know about it. Mm-hmm. But it's basically side hustling with those other activities 
after you've already become a full-time voice actor and how that shouldn't be a stigma because I feel like there's a stigma of not being a real VO if you're not full-time. Absolutely. Like, and like an actor in general, but it's like people forget it's like actors have been waiting tables since the dawn of time. Like it's mm -hmm. just part of it, you know? And it's like, I see, I work with a lot of people who get to maybe like a, a beginning or intermediate stage and they're, they, they deal with a bit of an identity crisis because it's like, I'm doing this thing, but I also identify as an accountant, like, you know, in, in like in, in the security and all that. Or people wonder, it's like, oh, am I truly an actor if I have this other thing? Yes. Like, you need the income. You need the stability. And it can actually be nice to socialize with people every now and then. So there are benefits. And it's it's just like we said before, so much of succeeding in this business is being persistent and willing to work very hard. So how do you do that? Through other jobs. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's what we'll talk about in the vocation. Uh, please come join me. The spots are limited for the workshop. I'm in the smaller room, so you have to sign up early if you want to come see me talk. All right, so we'll get to Greg's interview in just a second, but before that... Questionable Gear Purchase. All right, so do you have any questionable gear purchases this week, Sean? Not necessarily, although maybe like some questionable practices. Um, like, I, um, like I said, I've been moving and I've been decluttering and cleaning things, and I've really been enjoying using some of my mobile gear, like my Apogee mic or uh, my Centrance interfaces, the MicPort Pro or the Portcaster. And so I was like, you know what? That old SBL crayon that I've been using reliably for six years, I'm going to rip it out. <laughs> I'm going to see if anyone wants it. Um, and then, like, I came back home today to, to, record, um, to record with you, and things weren't working the way I had planned. And, and we, I think we um, pinned it down to, like, an unreliable uh, adapter that was causing problems and in, in making my... Uh, my output volume super high. It was weird. It was weird. Glad we figured it out. But um, if you have stuff that works, don't be in a hurry to sell it or upgrade it is the, the moral of the story. And um, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> uh, it's good to sell stuff and make some cash back. But um, if you need a backup or if you need something that just works, hold on to it. Yeah, I've definitely um, run into problems where I sold my backup and then needed to go buy something again. Probably, I remember that. Multiple <laughs> times I've done it, actually. <laughs> I don't necessarily regret it because it does give me the opportunity to try new things. So, you mm -hmm. know, if I had a MicPort Pro and I got rid of it, then I could try the Mic Mate and see how that is different or or better or Bit worse. of a downgrade there. but uh... <laughs> I mean, not, not those two things specifically, but just in general, you know? Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, but speaking of new things, you have a new piece of gear coming to the studio that um, people might be excited to hear about. So yeah, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, Focusrite was kind enough to send me a Vocaster 2 unit to try out, and now they are sending me a Vocaster 2 studio unit, which includes a microphone and headphones. I haven't seen it yet. It's on its way. It might actually arrive today. You know what? FedEx dropped off a box while we were recording. That's probably it. Maybe I should go unbox it. Stand by. Ooh, sweet. All right, so I just went to the front door. That was the, the unit, so the FedEx dropped off a little while ago. So I don't know how, this exciting, how exciting this will be. Let's do an audio unboxing. So I've got the Vocaster 2 Studio here. It's a box that's about 14 inches wide and 12 deep. Inside, there's a lot of cardboard. 
We've got a microphone, which is called the Vocaster DM14V. If I go to their website, I believe it's a large diaphragm dynamic. Maybe it says here. It does not. So let's see. I was actually looking up the website before I ran downstairs to see exactly what kind of mic it was. It looks a lot like the SM. It looks SM, like a Shure. Yeah. It looks like the Shure SM7B or the uh, the Personas microphone they sent me a couple of months ago. It's got that. It's got a yoke that connects with a a long bar to the mic stand. I'm not going to do that now, but. Got a nice foam windscreen. Let's see if that pops off without breaking it. Oh, yep, that slides right off. And then it's got a metal grill surrounding the capsule. Yeah, very reminiscent of the SM7B. And it's got these two dials to lock it in. Hmm. So I will hook that up a little bit later. I can't hook it up live here while we're talking, can I? Maybe I can. We'll see. All right, so then we got the Vocaster 2 itself. Looks exactly like the one I'm currently using because they sent me a different one so I can have the whole kit and see what that looks like. Oh, a nice mic cable. Nice. Like well, about... if you don't need a backup. <laughs> How long is this mic cable? Sorry, if I know you guys are really ex excited about this lull in the action while I'm opening this up. So this is a looks like six foot mic cable. Not the longest, but it works. And it comes with a USB-C cable. And a pair of headphones, which this is actually what I'm most excited about. I told uh, Dan, the rep from Focusrite, that the original headphones from the Scarlet Studio were my favorite piece of equipment, maybe ever, because I used those until they literally fell apart of my ears and the, the leather or pleather was completely disintegrated. So these are the HP60V headphones, and these look a lot like the Sony, what are the Sonys that, um, that a lot of people are fans of. Uh, the Sony 7506s? Yes, it's okay, the 7506s. And let me pull them out of cable here. Too hard, there's a big twist time, I'm just gonna try them on. And, oh, 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 those are comfy. Oh, those are really comfy. Oh, I like those ear pads a lot. Oops, dropped them. So those are gonna be really fun. Let me open the booth door and get this box out tonight because it's huge. At 16 inches wide, it's almost the width of my studio brick. Uh, okay, so that is this, the Vocaster Studio 2. Again, comes with a microphone, headphones, mic cable, USB-C, and the Vocaster 2 itself. I will be demoing that shortly and probably turn it on live for the next show. So look forward to hearing what that mic sounds like. The interface should sound the same because I'm using it right now, but I am anxious to hear how that, how that uh, microphone sounds. Very nice. Just looking at the imagery now, it actually looks pretty pro for a, uh, for a bundled kit. <laughs> you know, I always liked the Scarlet Studio too. That, that had some great stuff with it. Um, the interface itself was great. Like I said, the headphones are my favorite ever. I. I bought um, a pair of AKGs that looked exactly like the Scarlet Studio headphones because I thought they were so good. And I do need a new pair, so hopefully these uh, Focusrite Vocaster headphones will, will fit the bill. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear them. So I think that wraps up our questionable gear purchases. We've got our interview with Greg coming up right after these messages. In these modern times, every business needs a website. When you need a website for your voice acting business, there's only one place to go. Like the name says, voiceactorwebsites.com. 
Their experience in this niche webmaster market gives them the ability to quickly and easily get you from concept to live online in a much shorter time. When you contact voiceactorwebsites.com, their team of experts and designers really get to know you and what your needs are. They work with you to highlight what you do. Then they create an easily navigable website for your potential clients to get the big picture of who you are and how your voice is the one for them. Plus, voiceactorwebsites.com has other great resources like their practice script library and other resources to help your voiceover career flourish. Don't try it yourself. Go with the pros. Voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. In these modern times, every business needs a website. When you need a website for your voice acting business, there's only one place to go. Like the name says, voiceactorwebsites.com. Their experience in this niche webmaster market gives them the ability to quickly and easily get you from concept to live online in a much shorter time. When you contact voiceactorwebsites.com, their team of experts and designers really get to know you and what your needs are. They work with you to highlight what you do. Then they create an easily navigable website for your potential clients to get the big picture of who you are and how your voice is the one for them. Plus, voiceactorwebsites.com has other great resources like their practice script library and other resources to help your voiceover career flourish. Don't try it yourself. Go with the pros. Voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hey, Paul. Did you know Voice123, the largest online marketplace for voice actors, just celebrated its 20th year anniversary? Whoa, really? That's amazing. Doesn't really surprise me, though. I've used Voice123 since the beginning of my career. I remember way back in my first year where I booked a job as a hypnotist. I actually got to say, you are getting very sleepy on a radio ad. The whole thing was super easy. They even paid me right away for the audition and said that was all they needed. I've been a member of Voice123 for years as well. I've always enjoyed their upfront policies, ability to contact clients directly, and their commitment to the voiceover industry. Totally. CEO Rolf Veldman has appeared on the show before, and in every interaction I've had with him and the company, I've felt a sense of trust, like they really care. Well, if you want a great place to find your VO niche and find yourself as a voice actor, visit voice123.com for more information. Now, VO Meter listeners can also get 15% off premium tier memberships. For more information, visit our website and click on the Click Here to Save 15% banner on our sponsors page. Voice123, speak for yourself. How many times does this happen to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. 
Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will too when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the interview portion of the VO Meter. Today, we're pleased to be joined by Greg Jake Gibbons. Now, Greg helps video producers, ad agencies, radio stations, and businesses build their brands by providing genuine voiceovers. As a professional voice actor, Greg helps build trust with his clients' customers by adding a human element to their projects, whether it be a radio or TV commercial, radio station imaging, a branding or marketing video, explainer video, corporate narration, or on-hold message, Greg will provide a quick and easy voiceover experience. He can be calm, friendly, upbeat, and casual, but if the client were to need an over-the-top announcer or a heavy metal in-your-face read, yeah, now we're talking, he can accommodate <laughs> that as well. Greg works closely with his clients from start to finish to ensure that the final product is one that will make a connection and help his clients secure a client for life. Some of Greg's favorite clients include Gold Bond, The Container Store, Fuzzy's Taco Shop, and Dell Technology. So please welcome to the show, Greg Jake Gibbons. Welcome, Greg. Hey, great How's to be going? here. Thank you so much. Our pleasure, man. Um, so first question, how did you get started in all this? Okay. <clears throat> well, you know, like a lot of voiceover talent, I started in the radio business. Uh, I got started in radio when I was very young at the age of 17. I got my first job here in Dallas, Fort Worth for KISS FM and through the years, made my way around the southern portion of the country down to Baton Rouge, to New Orleans, to Pensacola, down to San Antonio and back to Dallas. And over the years, I accumulated a lot of equipment. And, you know, if you're an on-air talent, one of the things you have to do whenever you're done with your shift is you have to make your way into the production room and you have to voice commercials. And I fell in love with that aspect of my job. And I really loved the on-air portion of it, but I really loved the the commercial aspect. And I thought to myself at some point, you know what, I think I could transfer this into voiceover. And it was a real wake-up call when I went from doing local commercials to trying to get a voiceover job and get into the voiceover business that that's not really how it worked. And I found myself creating demos with local commercials that I had made, sending them to the people and people are like, what am I going to do with this? There's actual professionals that do this. And then it really clicked in my brain that, oh, wait, so it's not just radio people that do voiceover. There's actual people that just spend their whole day doing voiceover. And so I got, I, I had to change my mindset and I really started to take the classes. Uh, I started to really dig into the business. And at this point in my career, in 2013, I was working for a syndicated radio show, uh, the Kid Craddock Morning Show, and I was the affiliate relations manager. And so it made perfect sense for me to start creating uh, imaging demos and sending those out to my, uh, my colleagues who were program directors, general managers, operation managers for different radio stations across the country. And I ended up landing... Uh, my first gig in 2013 for KHDK, which is a small top 40 station in 
New London, Burlington, Iowa. And from there, the, the, it, it stuck. You know, that was the thing. It's like, oh my gosh, I just got paid to, to do these reads for this radio station. And so I was hooked. And that's kind of the short story, the short version of how I got into the business. That's awesome. Great story. So before we get into talk about some of the genres you work in, I want to talk about your experience in transitioning from radio, because I've talked to a lot of colleagues that are in radio or have been in radio, and it seems like the program directors, the um, music directors, they have sort of a bias uh, for paying for voiceovers for talent that are already there. And I, I almost want to say they get taken advantage of, whereas they can't do proper voiceover work at proper rates while they're still employed by a radio station. Was that the case for you? Did you actually have to leave radio in order to pursue voiceover as a full-time career? Yes, in a way. So the, when I was working for the, the syndicated show, I would go to them and say, hey, look, I know that we do our, we didn't really do our in-house imaging for the syndicated show, but we would have sponsors come on and they would, let's just say like Veradesk or CC's Pizza would be a sponsor of the show. And I would say, hey, you know what, look, instead of having our main voice guy, Tommy, do it, why don't we do a little separation here and let me do it? And my boss would be like, okay, great, but he would not pay. And so I got to a point where I had started to build my brand and had uh, started making money through voiceover. And it got to a point to where I was actually turning money down to drive to work every day because I, I live probably 60 miles or so. So I live quite a ways away from where the studio was. And so getting in the car, driving an hour to the studio, sitting there all day doing my affiliate relations work, waiting for the studio to quiet down and then trying to sneak into the big studio to record whatever I might have to do. And then driving home, I found myself w losing money. And so that's when I ultimately made the decision with my wife, we sat down and we started looking at my income and how things were changing. And we made the decision like, okay, it's time to take this voiceover thing full time because they're not going to pay you. Yeah. It's a shame. It seems like there's, there's such a natural, um, <clears throat> It's such a natural way for that to, to combine, that work to combine, but there's just like these silos that still are there and you can't get through. Well, it happens yeah, in corporate you know, narration too, you know. I mean, we'll just get Sue in accounting to do this e-learning module for us. We don't need to hire a real voice talent, like you know. So it happens true. everywhere. Yeah, and you know, and I've, I've found that over the years too with, and I know, I know you guys have run into this as well, but, you know, let's just say you make a contact within... Uh, an advertising agency or a, a video production company. And, you know, great, you've made that connection. And then you reach out to them and you build that relationship. And then they may say, okay, we've got a job for you to do. And they'll send you a read. You do it and you send it back. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, we're just going to use Jim from production back there. <laughs> yep. You know, and you're like, wait, what? Then why did you waste my time sending me <laughs> the, the script and all this kind of, making me jump through these hoops when you're just going to use somebody else. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that that's a, that's commonplace in the business. And unfortunately we're the ones that have to suffer from it. But anyways, I just wanted to say like so many golden nuggets, Greg, I love the emphasis on training, valuing your time in like picking an obvious time when it's going to benefit you to go full time into it. It's just great advice. But I want to know what the biggest challenge was, uh, aside from convincing clients your value. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all have our own challenges. A funny one is that there are so there's so much talent that's out there. 
And, you know, the marketplace is becoming extremely saturated with more and more talent on a daily basis. And so finding and being able to build and cultivate those relationships gets harder and harder, in my opinion, uh, because you do have a lot of companies out there that they they do a Google search and they find the old the old F-I-V-E-R-R or, you know, some of the pay to play sites and and they think, okay, yeah, cool. All right. I'm just going to get a voiceover really quickly here. And then they're not educated on actual talent and people that have trained and that those that have spent <laughs> countless hours in the studio and they don't know about the professionals, I guess. And sometimes I, our poor quality is good enough if the budget is right, you know, so. Yeah. And I, th- I think that that's one of the hardest things, but, but I will digress. And I told Paul this earlier in our pre-show conference, I am a scatterbrain. So I'm going to go back to actually answering your question. One of the biggest challenges that I found was just having that full-time job. And I knew that this is what I wanted to do, but it was really hard for me because like I, like I mentioned, I was waking up in the morning. I was taking care of kids, getting them to school. I was driving 60 miles to work. I was sitting at my desk all day. Um, and I, I was becoming very burned out on the radio business. I was not happy with what I was doing. Uh, I wanted to work at home. My boss would tell me no, and my boss would never show up to work because he was working at home. And it just made no sense that I would spend all this time at a studio emailing people and making phone calls when I could easily do that at home. And so getting the business up and running was the real hard part for me because I was on very limited time and I would drive to work. I would sit there all day and then I would drive home and then family life would start. Um, So, you know, squeezing in the time for the coaching and then the demos and then the just the studying of the business and how to how to get this thing rolling was one of the really big challenges. And I spent a lot of time on it to the dismay of my wife. But once it got to, you know, underway, things started to progress. And then, like I said, we got to that point to where I was actually turning money down to go to work, uh, which was the ultimate goal. And I think it's turned out all right. <laughs> well, we all know the struggle is real during the ramp up time. We've, we've all experienced it. And for some of us, it takes longer than others. But now that you sort of climbed that hill a bit, what are your biggest challenges now as you navigate your career? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I have a solid stable of clients and I'm very fortunate for them. Um, but I think in today's world, there's a lot of people that are just, okay, yeah, what can you do for me right now? What can you do for me right now? And they, building those relationships is really hard. Um, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, reaching out to people, uh, trying to cultivate those relationships and, and getting them to a point to where it goes from, commenting on their their posts or sending them notes to where we're actually having phone calls uh, and discussing rates and 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 getting them to buy into my product. Yeah, I think that that's it's finding those new clients. That's where I'm going with that. That's my biggest challenge is finding the new clients. <laughs> Tale as old as time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's <laughs> you know, it's it's nothing. I'm not I'm not breaking new ground here. I know every voice talent is is in the same boat. It is what it is. And I, th- I think, uh, and you know, and another thing is we are all competing against each other for some of these jobs. And so 
you know, there, there is a ton of great talent out there. So if we can just get rid of all the other talent that's out there and make it just where the three of us can get all the jobs, then we've overcome, overcome the biggest challenge. Okay. I'm down with that. Let's do it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> all right. Do we have to kill Great anybody? Jake for president. But... <laughs> uh. So are there any genres that you haven't been able to do that you'd really like to get more into? Yeah. You know, I've really been thinking about uh, this one genre that a lot of people don't ever get into called promo. Uh, there's there's no dreams or aspirations from any voice talent to get into promo. Uh, but I, I've always, you know, I do radio imaging. I do podcast imaging. Uh, I feel like promo is something that I should at least explore. I don't know if I'm Brent Allen Hagel or if I'm Mark Ryder uh, to that degree. But, you know, there's plenty of TV stations that need voices uh, and 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 news shows and whatnot. and 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 I think that that would be something that I do have a little bit of gravitas in my voice. And so I feel like that's a, that's an avenue that I should explore. Promo and TV narration are the two that I have written down here. Nice. Sounds like a logical evolution for you. Could be your final form. Maybe, maybe <laughs> let's go. So we talked a little bit about how to get clients and how the market is even more saturated than it was probably when you and I got started or when Sean got started. Where do you see the future of VO? Oh, man. This could be personally based or where you think the industry is headed as a whole, wherever you want to take it. Yeah. You know, I think as far as the industry is concerned, I think VO is going to be just fine. There's a lot of talk about the people that get onto Fiverr or people that use uh whatever the freelance websites not necessarily the pay to plays but just the 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 ones that just lowball the the industry i'm a, i'm okay with those people doing that uh because they're not the ones that are going to get the high paying jobs they're not the ones that are going to necessarily take good solid paying jobs away from us they're the ones that are going to get used for scratch reads they're the ones that are going to be used for 10-minute YouTube videos that talk about Kim Kardashian that are paying five bucks a piece. The, the stuff that you and I and, or the three of us are looking for, that's not in our realm. So I think that the voiceover business is going to be fine in that aspect. Uh, I also see a lot of people worried about AI. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be an issue as well. Uh, I know that the AI is becoming extremely sophisticated, but there's always a human element that I think it translates through what we do. So I think that our business is, you have two fact, two factions. You have those that are doom and gloom. You have those that are, uh, you know, looking on the upside of things. I'm on the upside of things. I think that we're going to be fine in the end. Uh, there's going to be plenty of jobs as we continue to grow digitally in our world. Uh, we become more connected with social media, with uh, video content creation. There's always going to be something for us to do. Awesome. Optimists unite. <laughs> yeah. Great, great response, man. I love the confidence and I love striving for that higher level of craft. Yeah, I think that that's, that's where we need to focus. You know, we need to, to make sure that our skills are sharp. We need to make sure that our demos are all up to date. We need to make sure that we have coaches. 
you know, that our business skills are constantly evolving uh, because the world is constantly evolving. And if you're just staying in one specific place, doing the same thing that you've done for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you're going to get left behind. So you have to constantly keep your eye on the prize and keep moving forward. Awesome. Well, you pretty much answered this, but is there anything else you'd like to recommend to a new voice actor getting started? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about microphones and interfaces and foam and how your booth sounds. And I, those, those things are important, but you don't need to spend a ton of money on them. And I've also mentioned coaches. There are a ton of great coaches. You know, this is an analogy that I always use is if you can turn on your TV on Sunday and you can watch your favorite professional football team play a game and you look on the sideline, they have coaches. Those guys are the best of the best of the best in the world, you know, and they have coaches. So in order to be the best of the best of the best in the voiceover business, you need to have a coach. You need to have constant training. You need to have a marketing plan and you need to come up with some business skills, uh, you know, and, and, and the marketing skill side of the business is to me one of the most important because I spend a ton of time on the marketing of my business. And that has what, or that's been what has allowed me to make it in this world. Um, you know, there's some really great marketing coaches off the top of my head. I know uh, Corey Disson's a great one. Celia Siegel is a great one. Um, lots of great coaches that are out there. I know Mark Ryder has actually stepped into the arena. Uh, VOLifeCoach.com, if you want to check him out, he's great. I've taken a few of his classes. Uh, lots of great stuff out in LA, Real Voice LA. Mike and his crew are really good. Um, yeah, I think those are the things that any new or aspiring voice actor should take into account. Not just your gear, but you need a coach, you need a great demo, and you have to constantly be practicing. Absolutely. Well, Greg, we want to thank you for being here on the show. Uh, you and I instantly connected last year at One Voice, where you were kind enough to drive me to dinner and back, more, yeah. more importantly. So thank you for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Paul, and I want, to, I want to say one thing really quickly. When I was uh, reading your bio, you could change out your name in your bio on the VO Meter website and put mine in there because it says, <laughs> Paul has a voice training back over 20 years. Mine doesn't quite go that far. But it says from early childhood recordings on a tape recorder, which I spent many of hours in my room in the 80s when I was about seven years old playing the Ghostbusters theme song from Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. Nice. Talking to a tape recorder. Right. It's just like people would call in. They would want to hear Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters. So I would play it for them. And then it says you spent time on air uh, for college radio. Check mark on that. Uh, and then you served as a public address announcer for your alma mater. Check mark on that. <laughs> and then here we are. Like it's we're we're like brothers. That's funny. Brothers from it's a different voice different reverse different Kevin mother. Bacon Paul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the one other thing we want to we want to talk about, Greg, is how people can hire you. Speaking of marketing, so if folks want to work with you or hire you, how can they get in touch? Yeah. So you can hear all my demos uh, at Greg Jake. Gibbons, which is G-I-B-B-I-N-S dot com. Uh, I've, I, I also act. I also model. So if you need a you need a guy to stand in your grocery store aisle acting like I'm putting Dr. Pepper on the shelf, I can do that. Uh, you need a TV commercial person, I can do that. And you can email me at gregjakegibbons at gmail.com. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you, guys. I definitely appreciate it. Walgreens, because it's flu season, and you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? Prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. Okay, so thanks to Greg for being on the show. Greg and I were fast friends last year in Texas at the One Voice Conference. Like I said, he was kind enough to drive me and John Malone to dinner and, and back, which is always nice. To, to make it back from a meal. <laughs> and nice. we had a great With time. With the Malone Zone himself. Yeah, we had a great time at the restaurant. It was uh, a bunch of us, a bunch of us talent from the, from the conference just met in the lobby and had a nice Texas steakhouse dinner. So thanks to Greg for that. And it was a pleasure having you on the show and hearing about your VO journey. Yeah, it was great to, to sort of meet you for the first time, Greg, and I really loved hearing your stories. So that's it for this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. If you're going to a vocation conference, come look me up. It's uh, September 10th and 11th in New York City. And if you're not, go sign up now, and I'll see you there. All right, we've got new episodes coming in the coming weeks. You'll hear us in those. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at The VO Meter. 